Believe, become, be great. It's go time, baby. What's up, champs? Talk to me. Hit me up on social media. Let me know how everybody's doing, man. I I love being able to hear about everybody's stories or how their week was. Man, I, I really want to know how, how everybody's doing. So please, you know, go follow me on Instagram, DeLeon underscore be great. Or go find me on Facebook, Derek DeLeon. Please reach out to me. Let's go. Let's do this. I want to hear. I want to hear from the people, from the audience. I... I genuinely care about how everybody's doing. If it ain't obvious, that's why we do this podcast. <laughs> you know, to reach out to the people that need or the people that that need to, to hear that, that one thing that could completely and 100% change their life. Everybody's one adjustment away. I can't say that enough. One adjustment away from fucking greatness. My gratitude goes to, you know, everyone who uh, tunes in every Wednesday. For those of you that are just tuning in, you know, I want to say welcome to the Be Great Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you find this useful and valuable and some of the things I hope you you um, take and apply it to your life. Become a doer, not a thinker. You know, we all have dreams. We all have thoughts of stuff we want to do, but what is it going to take to do it? Let's go out and do it. Today, oh man, I have a special guest with me. This is someone who many are familiar with many that are you know somebody that they're proud of including me this man is a mentor in my life he is a leader he is the definition of a man a man with pa- uh, the passion of not just a brother but a husband a father a grandfather, a friend, a cousin, uncle, all the above, etc. Nothing in life has been greater than to honor him, especially when I talk about the man that I have become. He is my dad. He is a living legend. He is Rodney DeLeon. Dad, you are my greatest guest in the history of the Be Great podcast. And as many great guests as I'm, I'm going to have on even moving forward or in the future, I can I can say one thing. I guarantee there's going to be no greater guest than my own father. Dad, before we get started, you know, I want I want the people to hear who, you know, they're going to be hearing today. So just a few, you know, just a few accolades I want to say and list off, you know, before you bless us with your own stories. This is the achievements and, you know, reaching that legendary status of my dad in a nutshell. And I'm going to try and I'm going to try to say this in a nutshell, but I'm going to, you know, give you guys this and then I'm going to let him kind of take it from here. So some things here. So he my my dad and my uncle. So they worked some Super Bowls back in the day. Uh, One of them, which was um, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he was also front stage supervisor for Red Rocks for about 10, 10 years, 10 to 14 years. Uh, 
Uh, he was also a timekeeper in the early WCW days. Um, this was like way before they even became WCW. Um, you know, he was a timekeeper for them. He also had an opportunity to go into the boxing world. Unfortunately, my unfortunately my grandma wouldn't allow it. God rest her soul. Uh, him and my uncle, they also actually uh, got offered an opportunity to go work security over in Jamaica. Um, Bob Marley was headlining that show. They went over there to um, to help their security and to kind of train them, stuff like that. Uh, he is an investor. Uh, he's had 25 years of coaching, and he also coached for Random High School, which he helped lead to Final Four in the state. You know, this is just a few of his accolades and some very impressive events that have happened over the years and throughout his life. Throughout the years, my dad has really shown me what it's like to become a man. He has never stopped pushing and driving to become the, the best father, the best husband, you know, just the overall greatest person that he could possibly be. And the man that you hear and you see today is all thanks to him. And I want to make something clear right now. Mom, I love you to death. My life would not be what it is without both of you guys. But just for purposes of this podcast, that's why I'm kind of revolving everything around my dad. And I also want everybody to know that my mom and my dad are the two of the most phenomenal people that I guarantee people have ever met or ever will meet. So, Mom, I love you. I'll never take anything away from you because you have done such a great job as my mother. But, Dad... You know, I want to thank you. I want to say there's a lot of things that throughout the years that have been, um, you know, you've been a blueprint. You've been really been that focal point of change. And what I mean by that, and I want, I, I really, this is very critical for people to hear, and especially the men out there. You have been that change that doesn't rely on his wife to cook and clean and all the older folks out there you guys know what i'm talking about there are parents and still there are parents out there that the the man you know pays the bills he works and then the the wife is supposed to cook and clean but my dad has been that change where he goes to work and even days he'll pull you know eight ten twelve hour days he still comes home he cooks he cleans. He does all of that stuff that people label as women's duties. And man, I commend my dad for doing that for so many years because it's not just a matter of doing that. It's a matter of actually making a home-cooked meal, a great meal. And he's really brought that and instilled that into me and it's manifested. You know, Eric, I'll tell you firsthand, I love to cook. That's one of my favorite things to do. You know, I'm not going to say I love cleaning because nobody loves cleaning, but, you know, it, shit has to be done. Cleaning has to be done. Now, for the women out there that do love to cook and clean, that's that's fine. You know, go for it. All power to you. But what I'm saying is my dad has been that focal point of that kind of change. And in my eyes, he's been that blueprint because there are not many people I know that actually go and work their asses off for that long and then come home and, and cook come home and clean. So dad, I want to say, man, job well done because I am the man that I, I never thought I'd be able to fill your shoes because I knew what it took and I've seen it throughout the years. But I want to say, dad, you've done a damn good job and your work is complete because I am the man that I always 
wanted to be. And on top of that, I'm still continuing to get better. I'm still continuing to manifest the type of responsibility and what it really takes to to be who I want to be. Dad, I love you. Thank you for everything. All glory to God because through God, he's shown you what's possible for you and you have now brought that to, to myself and Zach. Thank you, guys. I want to say I love you. Dad, do us all a favor. Tell us a little bit about yourself and give us, you know, give us give us some stories because you're one of the greatest storytellers I think anybody's ever heard. And that's that's what really makes you also makes you a great listener because you're you're a listener first, but you also are a phenomenal storyteller. So dad, let it rip. Thanks for having me on, Derek. It's a pleasure to be on. Um, when you were telling me about this, I was hoping for an opportunity to get on. So I guess today's my day, huh? But anyway, uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I worked uh, 23 years for TW Telecom, which was uh, um, Time Warner Telecom, turned into Level 3, and then uh, CenturyLink ended up buying us out and retired from there two years ago. Um, it was a fun job, met a lot of nice, nice people. Got a lifelong friend out of it and uh, learned a lot um, in the telecommunications field. Uh, something I'll always cherish. Uh, in the meantime, I was working for a promoter here, Barry Fay. I started working for him in 1979. Uh, didn't really get established uh, in that group till probably 1980. Um, started working Red Rocks. And uh, I recall my first night on the job, I was on the road um, that you come up from Red Rocks, uh, you come in, coming up the hill, uh, and you got to stop. And however many people are in the car, you have to produce that many tickets or else somebody would have to get out or whatnot. So that was my job. And uh, my supervisor was the great Chuck Grant, who has uh, since passed away. Rest in peace, Chuck. Um, he put me on this road and said, uh, you stay here till, uh, we come and get you. It's going to slow down when the concert starts, but stay here. You got to stay here and then we'll come up and we'll get you and we'll take you inside. So, uh, I believe the first show was, uh, Leonard Skinner or something like that. And, um, anyway, so it got dark. I hadn't seen anybody come up the road for about an hour and I'm thinking these guys forgot about me. And so I stood, hung out, and I was cussing. I won't say what I said, but and all of a sudden, here comes Chuck Grant with his headlights on because it's already dark, and I'm just thinking, these mothers left me on this road. Anyway, he gets this. He pulls over and says, Delion, get in. You passed your test. So he wanted to see if I was going to leave because I guess a lot of people just take off and quit. But I didn't. I hung in there, and they took me to the front stage. Uh, where I was on the side of the stage and just kind of keeping people from coming across the stage. And after that night, I never left the front stage. I ended up running the front stage uh, for about 10 years. I was a front stage supervisor for all of uh, Feyline concerts uh, and ended up doing that for 20-some years, uh, working uh, four, 
four uh, NFL Super Bowls, uh, two of which were the Broncos were in. Um, did an NBA All-Star game in Utah. Uh, I did the uh, NBA All-Star game here in Denver. Um, I traveled to do, uh, I think, the Who in Dallas. Um, Barry Fay opened up the Bob Marley Memorial in 1984. And he took about 12 of us out there to kind of help the locals uh, do security. We were kind of like the supervisors. And uh, it was a three-day event in Jamaica. It was one of the highlights of my career. And um, getting back to uh, working one of the Super Bowls, I met a millionaire that is just so down-to-earth, Mr. Eddie DeBarlow from the San Francisco 49ers. I ended up working security for him and his family, and it was the best gig I have ever had in 20 years, plus working security. Mr. DeBarlow is one of those gentlemen that treats everybody the same. Nobody's above him. Nobody's below him. Uh, just a great, great human being. Uh, um, it was just a great time. Probably the best time I had doing security uh, was working for Mr. DeBarlow and family in the San Francisco 49ers, who are now my second favorite team. Uh, when the Broncos were doing crappy two years ago, the 49ers moved up the chain to my first favorite team. But <laughs> don't digress from there. Anyway, uh, anyway, then I, I, uh, I've had several jobs since that. Uh, I was doing um, COVID testing and... Uh, Drove a school bus, picking up kids for school in Westminster School District. And now I'm retired, uh, doing some uh, basketball training and basketball coaching uh, with my son, Derek. And uh, married for 33 years to my lovely wife, Cindy, who I met 19, probably 1989. I met her. And best thing that ever happened to me. I have a wonderful family, two boys, two grandchildren. And uh, life's good right now, uh, minus few health issues, but uh, we can overcome those, right? Those are some amazing highlights throughout your life, especially all the accomplishments, because I do consider those accomplishments. That is such an impressive resume and just a way to live life and to keep climbing up the chain and the ladder, because even, you know, to this day, you're still involved in coaching. You still keep in contact with everybody. I mean, you just have such a heart of gold. And I think everybody that knows you knows that. There's a lot of great things that happen in life. And, you know, Dad, I do want to know, you know, if there was one thing you could do differently in life, what would that be? You know, Derek, uh, nothing. I've had a great, fulfilling life. I wouldn't change anything. And everything happened for a reason or for a purpose right now, I feel. So wouldn't change a thing. A lot of us, you know, we have those moments in life where we just, we wish they could just last forever. Or we, we wish we could revisit them, you know. But if that was the case, then, you know, there really wouldn't be, it wouldn't really be a memory if we were able to revisit it. Or it wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to cherish them like we do now. Dad, you know, I just want you to know you are the greatest father that I've ever seen, and I'm so blessed that you are my father. What kind of advice can you give myself or even for all the, you know, all the young fathers out there? You know, I, I remember growing up and looking how my childhood unfolded in the later years 
uh, when we were a little bit more responsible and thinking a little more. And um, what I got out of that is relate to your children. Try to relate to your children. That's worked for me and show them unconditional love. Uh, I think those are two big things that I leaned on throughout the years. That's a very key component, especially loving our children unconditionally. A lot of children out there, a lot of kids out there may not know what it feels like to be loved unconditionally. We want, we always want our kids to feel special and to understand how special they are to us. And that's where being able to connect with them on different levels or, you know, at different times of their life. So, Dad, that's some really great advice. Definitely appreciate that. Dad, do us all a favor. Tell us this incredible story about Eddie DeBarlow and the San Francisco 49ers. This story is so captivating and so heart-wrenching, you know, but it, within our family, I mean, just everything that kind of transpired during this time. Dad, could you please tell us this incredible and amazing story? Uh, 1989. Uh, Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami, 49ers against the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, we we were uh, working, me and my brother were working the NFL office uh, in downtown Miami. And uh, the NFL office was in the uh, Hilton Hotel in downtown Miami. And uh, we were scheduling people uh we had a lot of security coming into town and um i would i would uh find out what flight they're coming in on and then we'd place them somewhere and then my brother would go pick them up from the airport it's pretty good gig you know and we're like man this is a good gig and um the nfl when they put on something i mean they took they had this room just full of food i mean we had breakfast lunch and dinner and just the food was just amazing how they, how they take care of everybody there at the Super Bowl. But anyway, so we got this great gig, and then all of a sudden my boss comes in and talking to the other boss and saying, we need somebody for DeBartolo security. And um, they say, let's send it to Leon Brothers. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I love this gig here, man. I don't I didn't want to go, and I didn't know what DeBartolo security was in the first place. So anyway, they're like, okay, let's send it to Leon Brothers. So... They tell us that we're going to go with the, the Bartolo family, uh, and he's going to be staying uh, in on South Beach in Miami. Um, I can't remember the hotel, but it's right on the beach. And uh, they, Bart the Bartolo's rented out two floors of uh, of that hotel, and uh, we had one room, a secure one of the rooms that they they took the beds out. Uh, they made us a security room. And uh, Mr. DeBarlow said, you guys could stay in here. And when we need you like to take us anywhere or whatever, we'll come and get you. But in the meantime, order, order room service to, to eat, order movies to watch. Until we come and get you, there's really nothing for us to do. So um, I, uh, my dad was sick at the time, and, and he was going for a bunch of tests and, and – we didn't know what was going on. The doctors kept saying, uh, we don't know the results yet. We're going to do more testing. So I was calling home every day and finding out what was going on. And I told uh, Mr. DeBardlow, uh, hey, uh, my dad's real sick. Uh, 
I, I want to call. I've been calling every day. I, I, I want to use his phone because at that time there was no cell phones. Uh, 1989, and uh, I said, I'll pay for the bill, but I just want to check in on my dad, and he goes, what's wrong with your dad? And so, you know, that's the kind of guy he is, you know, wants to find out what's going on. So I just tell him, you know, dad's doing a lot of tests. Uh, they, they can't find anything, but he's not feeling good, blah, blah, blah. This whole thing went on. So he goes, don't worry about that. You just call whenever you're, don't worry about the bill. So every day, Every morning, Mr. DeBar would come by, and he'd ask, how's your dad doing? And I'd say, well, I haven't heard nothing. Well, this is the day before the Super Bowl now. It's a Saturday. And um, I call my brother, and I was like, what's going on with dad? And he goes, oh, they're doing more tests and blah, 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 this and that. And I was so angry at this point. And I says, give me that damn doctor's number. I'm going to call him myself. This is a bunch of bullshit. And I was pissed. I just, thousand miles away from home and my brother says you know i can't go on continue to tell you nothing's going on he goes dad has cancer he's got six months to live and he didn't want you guys to know i'm sorry who um he want he he because he's 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 fine he but he knew he'd always want to come up back Come home as soon as he found out. He doesn't want that. He wants you to stay there and finish the job. So I said, okay. So Mr. DeBardo comes by. And he says, how's your dad? And he saw my eyes. And he said, oh, no. What's going on? And I told him. And he said, Rodney. Your brother's at the beach with the girls. He was keeping an eye on his daughters, and they were at the beach. He goes, go to the beach. Tell your brother what's going on. If you guys want to go home, I'll fly you home. We've only known this guy for a week. He's got he's flying all his friends, family, celebrities in, and he was going to stop all that to to take me and Anthony to, so we could take his jet home, me and my brother to be with my dad and I and he goes go talk to your brother I'll, I'll put you guys on the plane whenever you want to go home and talk to Anthony and told him that you know dad wants us to finish the job he's fine he you know he's 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 got six months to live you know and uh so we decided to stay but the touching part of this was how this millionaire offered this to my brother and me and we only knew him for a week and that's how you know I stay in touch with Mr. DeMarlo when he got introduced to the Hall of Fame I I sent him an email congratulating him and 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 his daughters responded back to me uh thanking me for even thinking about him after all these years you know but that's the kind of he just touched my heart man and to this day I love that man. Wow. What an incredible story. That is such a, like I say, such a captivating story. And, and you guys seen first, my dad is such a great storyteller. It's amazing. He has so many other great stories. You know, if you guys would love to hear more stories, then please let me know. Reach out to me and we will definitely 
we'll, 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 we'll bring him back on, you know, because he does have stories for days. <laughs> and, um, dad, I just want to say, um, you know, I appreciate you coming on to the be great podcast. You know, this is a, a very special edition because there's not too many folks out there that would actually, um, that actually would want to come onto a podcast because sometimes podcasting is not easy. And I know things with you, you do things that at ease. So whether this was nerve wracking or not, you, you did a damn good job, but I want to tell you that, you know, I'm from a son to a father. I'm proud of you. Um, I love you. And I, Anytime you want to come on, you know damn well you don't even gotta ask me. You just you let me know and we will we will make it happen. I love you. I want you to know I would not be the man that I am today without you. And all glory to God, but all credit to you. So thank you for everything. Thank you for this amazing podcast and this amazing opportunity to be able to share this with you because I love being able to do that, especially because I I take after you and I know the, you know, the intelligence that you have as a man and as a father and I couldn't be any more blessed. So dad, for that, I say thank you and I love you to all my fans out there. I just want to say in the process of listening and applying all the stuff to your life, be great. I love you guys. Thank you, Derek, for having me on and love you.